All right, welcome back in Pine Room on the Watchdog, keeping the football theme going there, I guess, with those wonderful marching bands. I, don't, mm. I like when the, the band director blows a whistle. I think that's yeah. a really good way to kick things off. Uh, we have the Watchdog Turkey Giveaway brought to you by Lucky Duck and Triple A Tri-State Bail Bonding, 304-233-5959. You ring, we spring, available 24-7. That's an important thing, too. You, you may get in, in, uh, tangled. If you don't use an IC cab, you could get tangled up with the Tri-State Bail Bonding. So that could be uh, a necessary evil. So be safe out there, people. But uh, we appreciate Lucky Duck and Triple A Tri-State Bail Bonding for sponsoring the Watchdog Turkey Giveaway. We're going to have you figuring out how many shots it takes to kill one of these turkeys here in the final half an hour of the program. So should be a fun treat. We also have a fun treat for you here right now. We are joined by the Ohio County Schools Child Nutrition Director, Miss Renee Griffin, joins the show. Uh, Renee, thank you so much for taking time out of a busy, um, I'm sure a busy week leading into the holiday week for you guys next week. Uh, we appreciate you taking time to join us here on the show. You're very welcome. Glad to be here. So uh, let's get right down to it. Tell people what the Ohio County Schools Child Nutrition Director does, because this is a quite an impressive title you have there, and uh, I'm sure quite a lot of responsibility. So tell us a little bit about how you came into the position and uh, what your journey's been like uh, as you've been doing this for how many years now? Uh, this is my 14th year wow. here in Ohio County Schools, yes. Amazing. And so uh, before I worked here, I was, uh, and still I'm a registered dietitian. I've worked in healthcare. I've worked in nursing homes. I've worked in at the wellness center. Uh, did a lot more based on uh, counseling individuals and always had an interest in getting into the schools. Uh, I served on the uh, nutrition advisory council for the county uh, many years back, but um the job does entail a lot more than people think. It's not just, uh, you know, figuring out the menus, which is a whole complex uh, design that you have to do every month uh, just because of the regulations. But uh, there's also a lot of financial responsibilities. Uh, we have a lot of grant funding that we have to make sure uh, is spent appropriately. Um, we're also talking about staffing. We're talking about equipment. Uh, the weather plays a role in our food service as well. So wow. um, there's a lot going on. And, you know, in food service, you can never please everybody. So we do the best we can. Uh, we like to listen to our students. And uh, I go out and visit with uh, schools and their um, student councils to get some ideas and feedback. And uh, that's kind of, uh, in a little nutshell, what I do every day. That is, that is quite fascinating. So when you're, when you're getting ready to put together a menu for the month, um, mm -hmm. how, how complex is that? And obviously, are you, are you feeding most of the kids in the county of the, of the same age level, I'm, I'm assuming, get kind of the same meals? But I'm sure it differs from, from the younger kids to the older kids. A little bit. Uh, the standards uh, federally uh, require a little bit different uh, nutrition uh, regulations in terms of calories and the sodium limit, um, but there is a lot more to it. We have to serve uh, a half cup of legumes every week, and if you don't know what a legume is, uh, it would be something like uh, black beans right. or baked beans or chickpeas. Uh, we have to serve a certain amount of uh, cups of vegetables and fruit every day. 
and you want to obviously have variety, but in addition to that, there are subgroups of vegetables that we have to serve, uh, red and orange, uh, dark green, and they're all just based on the nutritional value of them. So um, it's a little bit of a science project, but, you know, once uh, you get the hang of it, uh, we know what our students like, and, and we can, and you know, plan those menus uh, I would say, pretty easily. Yeah, I would say that's very complex. It's a good thing that you're you're a certified uh, nutrition person, so that's that's mm-hmm. very uh, or dietitian, I guess, would be the better word. Is that mm-hmm. what you call it? Is that what you? Yes, okay. I am a registered dietitian, registered. and uh, I also just this past summer passed uh, from the School Nutrition Association an exam, and I am a school nutrition specialist also. So that is a a national exam that um, anyone in school nutrition can take, and, and just kind of. Uh, let you know that uh, all the standards that we must meet, whether it be nutrition or human resources or financial, um, we've done a lot of that uh, work, legwork ahead to get that credential. That's that's quite amazing. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, does every county in the state have a person similar to yourself? Yes, um, all of our counties in the state do. That's a, that's a requirement. Now, some counties, um, if they're smaller, the child nutrition director has to do this job in addition to other jobs, which I can't even imagine. Oh, my. But, but uh, yeah, a, a dedicated person with child nutrition um, is required. And, you know, federally they do require that they have so many hours um, in nutrition um, if they, you know, in their college studies. Um, so you don't have to be a dietitian. It definitely helps, right. but um, because we also have a lot of students on special diets, and I sure. work with our nurses, and um, we have to really watch uh, allergens and all those things for a lot of those students, so we make sure that that information is available to parents and students. Yeah, absolutely. That's really important. I'm sure the, the food allergy stuff is probably even more uh, important than it ever was as more information comes out about it. I'm sure when you first started, mm-hmm. it wasn't quite as prevalent as it is now. It's uh, amazing how many allergies there really are out there. All right, so tell us this, Renee. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in your professional opinion, is breakfast really the most important meal of the day? Oh, yes. I'm always a big breakfast uh, proponent because uh, really, you know, you are breaking the fast, you know, just like the word says. And, you know, there's too many hours in between you uh, sleeping. Once you get up, you, you're fueling your body. Um, it's just very important, whether regardless of what time of day it is, it's just very important that you definitely get some breakfast. And really, in the state of West Virginia, we have done something fantastic. And it's a good thing that we're number one in. Uh, we feel we feed more of our students breakfast um, in in the state of West Virginia than any state in the country. I love it. Wow. That's amazing. We're talking yeah. with Ohio County Schools Child Nutrition Director Renee Griffin here, Pine Room on the Watchdog. Yeah, Renee, and mm-hmm. I, I was a I was a Park uh, student, and I, I didn't realize how, just how much uh, goes into lunches. You know, when you're a student and yeah. kind of on the outside, you just think it's you know an easy thing to do. But I wanted to go back. You said that the weather affects um, the menu sometimes. Is, is that correct? Am I, am well, I understanding sure. that correct? It could because uh, not only, uh, you know, let's say there's major flooding or, uh, you know, a hurricane in Florida or California. That affects the produce crop, which is something that we're ordering that could affect the price and the quality of the food we're getting uh, with fresh produce. But also here at, in Wheeling, uh, at Wheeling Park High School, we are shipping uh, our products. Uh, we have three food trucks that take our products to our schools every day. Now, 
our schools do cook a lot of foods in-house, but even if it's just their other supplies. So if it's a terrible day with weather, we have to watch safety-wise because our drivers are out there uh, taking things to the schools. Wow. I have a question here because you mentioned that we can go mm-hmm. on to some, lo- some bigger picture stuff, but you <laughs> said that um, you have to feed by color of vegetable. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it's broken into standards as far as how many cups in a weekly time uh, that we serve uh, all those different subgroups of vegetables. So that's why we can't just serve potatoes every day. We can't uh, because we have to meet those other requirements with red and orange because they're high in vitamin A. And the dark green uh, because, uh, you know, those are very high in uh, calcium. They're very high in all kinds of other nutrients, vitamin C. And so all those guidelines are in place based on the dietary guidelines for Americans. Does pizza sauce count as a red vegetable, Renee? <laughs> well, it, you know, it does. Okay. And, you know, I, there's both sides for that. You know, the food industry is, it has really changed a lot. And, sure. you know, people don't understand that a lot of the food that we purchase is different than what you purchase in the, in the stores because they are formulated to be a little bit lower in sodium, lower in fat. They have whole grains, and you may not be able to get those same products from the same manufacturer that you buy in the store that we can get through the schools. Um, so, yes, they're trying as much as possible to be able to credit things to count towards all those subcomponents that we're required to put on the menu every week. How, how does it work with uh, finding uh, your vendors and your suppliers and stuff? Is that something that you uh, – that it's – you know, difficult, or, or is it is it getting easier well, as a more? Well, available? you know, supply chain has been an issue ever since right. COVID, and it still is. And the prices of things are, are still high, and we run into issues with uh, certain companies and their production. But you know, that whole process is another aspect of the job: bidding out uh, large contracts to companies and vendors. Um, here in Ohio County, I am part of a Mountaineer Co-op, which is a co-op of about 27 counties, and we all bid together. Uh, and our main vendor is in place for about three years. Okay. And and then we would rebid that out. And those are multi-million dollar uh, contracts, but we have to follow a lot of uh, government and federal uh, standards in terms of procurement of all of our products. So, so Renee, let's uh, let's ask you this one. So, what is uh, what is one of the things that seems to be kind of one of the more unpopular things that you you are forced to by either federal regulation or state regulation to actually serve to to uh, children on, on a monthly basis, I guess. Well, and, you know, honestly, it's very subjective based on each county. So that's right. why you're going to see every county's menu a little bit different. Um, but, um, you know, for the for the most part, uh, you know, I'm not – there's nothing that I have to serve that I hate because I know right. there's a reason behind it. And I, I'm happy to serve the whole grains. And, you know, our students have become really wise consumers because they want healthier foods. You okay. know, when I meet with these students, they want more vegetarian options. And so I put – plant-based meatballs on the menu. Ah, so we heard <laughs> that. We, we read that last week. Interesting. Right. And you probably think, what is this? But, you know, we do have students that are vegetarians, so right. they want that option. And that's what it's all about, choice. You, and so as long as they get those choices, they want to see that. Yeah. Do, do you have things that include, like, like quinoa or kale or any of that kind of stuff yet? Those new-age well, foods? You know, some of those, I, I have a salad recipe somewhere here on my desk that was a Mediterranean quinoa mm. salad that I wanted to to try because we've done tabbouleh in the past 
um, that wasn't really well received. So I thought, you know, you see the quinoa out there in restaurants, and, and it's yeah. a little more trendy now. Yes. So, yeah, I'm not afraid to try new things. We have a great staff here at our central kitchen at Wheeling Park High School, uh, always willing to try something new. And ultimately, you know, no matter what we serve, it's not going to do any good unless the kids are eating it. So um, that's why you like to get feedback from our students to, uh, for the most part, try to get their consensus on what they would really like to see. Um, we've, we've started a lot of new things. Uh, something we started up here, I think, one or two years ago. It's called a, a parcuterie uh, instead of a charcuterie. Yeah. And it's a little charcuterie lunch, which is great. You know, cheese and crackers and veggies and kind of makes a full reimbursable meal just with that one item. And it, it, the students really love those. That sounds really cool. We're talking with the Ohio County Schools Child Nutrition Director, Renee Griffin here, Pine Room on the Watchdog. Yeah, Renee, um, <laughs> so this might be a tough question for you, but do you okay. have a, a favorite meal that you've ever come up with or, or kind of designed? <laughs> well, I, I, I I'm going to take credit for the parcuteries, i got to tell you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> that was a good one that we, you know, it was kind of the little play on words, but uh, I definitely love that. And a lot of the, the big salads, um, and I don't know if you remember those from being here, you know, those are still here, and the kids really do enjoy those. And we try to make, um, you know, every day those are available. We don't have a salad bar at the high school just because of the sheer number of students, but um, those are really nice. Uh, you know, nice size meal that you get, and you can still choose all the fruits and vegetables that you want at any of our locations, and that's what we want kids to eat more of because it's more fiber, more nutrition, it's going to fill you up, and instead of another piece of pizza, it would be better if you just ate, you know, an orange and maybe a little side salad um, with it instead of getting another piece of pizza. So those fruit and vegetable options are, uh, you know, uh, lots of options here at the high school for kids to choose every day definitely i know my favorite for sure was uh was calzone day i love that mm-hmm. day that was yeah. the best uh so i i am curious about because you've been doing this you said four, 14 years yeah on that mm-hmm. yeah so you're obviously pre and post obama era with michelle obama and the healthy hunger free kids act um, i think that's correct if my that facts is. are right um so did you do you see a difference whether it's i don't know whether you're whether the 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 space became more difficult to kind of um tailor to to that act or uh what what are some of the big differences that happen now and then Okay, so, you know, right when I came on board is right when that came out. So, you know, a lot of folks that had been in the industry a lot uh, before that, these were major, major changes. For me, um, coming from healthcare and a dietitian, you know, counseling young kids with um, heart disease or high cholesterol or diabetes that we typically never saw before, these were a welcome change. So more fresh fruits and vegetables, more whole grains. These are the things as a dietitian dietitian in healthcare that I was counseling uh, families about needing to change their eating habits. So when we're doing it in school, we're hoping for that to push over into uh, what they buy at home as well. And I always say, you know, we're changing and we're shaping the eating habits of a generation because they're at school more, you know, longer than they are anywhere else. So we want to make sure that what they're getting is healthy and that they like it at the same time. But I really think the biggest changes, um, the hardest change with the Healthy Hunger Free Kids Act is the sodium requirements. Um, They kind of put those on hold for a while, but, you know, a lot of foods that are processed 
processed have a lot of sodium in them. So our manufacturers have really made changes to reduce the sodium levels. Um, but, you know, more scratch cooking is really what we want to see, which is kind of what I grew up, what school lunch was like. Everything was homemade, and we're kind of going back to that. Um, and we try uh, to make as many things from scratch as we can. I'd like to do more, but, you know, a lot of that requires more labor, and sometimes we don't always have that available. And I actually, and as weird as this is, during the football season, I would kind of just <laughs> browse through uh, school's lunch lunch menus and mm-hmm. in some of the smaller schools I have seen a lot of the from scratch lunches that are you know mm-hmm. that that they serve so that's cool yeah. that you want to do that who yeah. who um say that just for instance you don't meet mm-hmm. the sodium levels or you exceed mm-hmm. that who is sure. the 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 uh, I don't know the authoritative figure that you have mm-hmm. to report to or that would keep track of that is that okay, the so USDA really, maybe is that the USDA it is the USDA okay. Um, which is ultimately our state department, our state child of nutrition. Um, and, you know, we attest that our meals and our menus are meeting those guidelines when we say that we're, you know, we're receiving federal dollars for every meal that we serve. So because of that, we must be meeting their standards. Now, you can look on menus any given day and you're going to say, oh, my goodness, there's no way that's going to meet. Um, because the guidelines are, are, you know, clear as far as the amount of calories, sodium, et cetera. But really, when they come to do, our administrative review is called, and they come in and spend a couple days, um, and they do nutrition analysis. It's really over a week time period that you have to kind of meet these these averages. And you could be over, you could be under, and basically you would do some sort of uh, plan of correction, and you might have to do additional training for staff. Um, there might need to be some additional training opportunities that the state has to provide to us. Um, I think if it were a critical enough error, maybe if it has to do with money, you know, they could withhold federal funding. Um, so, you know, it's a big deal. We have to make sure that we are following what the rules say. Um, and there's a lot more rules in that Healthy Hunger for Kids Act than just even the menus. Um, it goes beyond into what's served um, outside of the school uh, meals. So, you know, the days of bringing in grandma's cookies for the whole class really are long gone. And that's not only because of food safety and because of nutrition, um, but it's also because of so many food allergies with our kids. And, you know, we could have uh, uh, some sort of, you know, terrible critical medical event if a student were to eat something um, and it's not following those guidelines. So, um, you know, the Healthy Hunger for Kids Act even goes into that as well as into wellness, which is a whole nother ball of wax that uh, I'm in charge of as well. That's that's quite a lot of stuff to be in charge of, Ray. Wow, wow this is very impressive stuff that you do here. <laughs> Before we let you go, um, mm-hmm. now the reason, one of the reasons that we wanted to have you on was we're going to do this lunch madness thing coming up in uh, in a, probably after the holidays, where we're going to okay. pair up schools and okay. uh, rank their lunches, kind of like a uh, March Madness style bracket challenge thing. So, uh, uh-huh. tell us. Comes the, what comes to your mind first with one of your top meals that you would enter in our March uh, well, lunch madness uh, bracket uh, okay. contest? Give us give us so, a, just a sneak peek of what your one of your strongest lunches might be. Okay, as far as most popular, yes, yes, cal- calzone day is right up there. Okay, Jared's favorite. Something else that we have started, we do bone-in wings that we serve here at the high school uh, and at the middle school, but we also do a buffalo chicken dip that meets all the regulations. 
and the kids are really, really like that since we put that on the menu. Um, so that could be something. I know at breakfast, I don't even know if you're looking at breakfast, but we've been making uh, homemade smoothies every Friday for like our it. students, and they really do enjoy that as well. Awesome. Great yeah. stuff, Renee. That's wonderful. good. Well, we appreciate you joining us here uh, today. Uh, what you do is really important, and uh, keep up the great work keeping our kids uh, safe and healthy in Ohio County. Okay, very good. Thank you so much. All right, take, take care. care. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, that was the Ohio County Schools Child Nutrition Director, Renee Griffin. We appreciate her uh, joining us here. Uh, wonderful insight. We're going to take a break here, Pondering on the Watchdog. Come back, uh, talk a little bit about what she had to say, I'm sure, and then uh, – we got Nailing It Down coming up next. It's uh, the Nailers segment, our second one of the year. So excited to do that. It's the Pine Room on the Watchdog on a Friday. We'll be right back. 